everybody welcome back to the green mountain sports roundup i am ernesto sanchez i'm here with marty griffin and john downing and we're here to give you a quick recap of this week in sports so um we'll address the uh big red white and blue elephant in the room johnny what the fuck are you doing (laughs) But we started the, the podcast and you just leapt, on, the couch, on, right? leapt on top of me to get, what is that, a fruit fly? What the fuck's the matter with some you? Some kind of bug. He's Jeez, dead now. Jesus Christ. Anyways. Like, why does he have to jump off a cliff for it? The Red Sox won. <laughs> they won. <laughs> they did it, buddy. Congratulations. Yeah! Uh, world champions for the ninth? Ninth time. Ninth time, yeah. So Fourth uh, in 15 years. How, how's it feel? Fantastic. So this is the best episode ever show. <laughs> or the best team ever show. Um, Enjoy this for now, listeners. Next week will change. <laughs> it was just it was phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And all year long, we didn't give this team enough credit. Um, I, I'm right there. You know, I'm right there with everyone. Yeah. You know, I jumped on board a lot earlier than most, though, I will admit. It was early July, mid-July when I jumped on board. And then I got the when I started getting tickets for games was for the Yankee series because I knew that something special was going on. Yeah. I could see in two thousand and thirteen was similar. Early on, when you start getting when you start getting walk offs and like late inning comebacks and yeah. stuff like that, that's when you start to see a team has something special, that kind fight. of the, the it factor, the yeah. fight, you know. And that right. doesn't happen every year. It definitely mm-hmm. doesn't happen every year. But so as a Red Sox fan, I noticed these teams, and so I started to notice it and. Pretty early on, um, before most, and I didn't know that they could get get to the World Series, win the World Series, but you know I knew that they were definitely headed in the right direction, and so to see it all come to fruition, they they even surpassed my expectations. That's for sure. Absolutely. I mean, as far as like what they did in the postseason, probably from what in my memory, at forty three years of age, one of the most dominant postseason performances I've seen ever. 11 and, and 3. you know, the next man up kind of aspect, that idea, like JBJ, you know, in the Houston series to what Mr. Stephen Pierce did in this series. Former you Pirate. Know, former oh, Pirate. Yeah. <clears throat> played for seven different teams, traded yeah. earlier this year from Toronto for an in- infielder, minor league infielder. Yeah, and, and Toronto had to pick up some of the money, too, because the so, Red Sox didn't want I to, mean, so. That was probably the... Yeah, Maria Valdi had to be one of the best trades of the year. I just think they, like you said, they, they were a band of brothers this whole season, next man up kind of attitude, but always just that fight of not giving up those. It was just the most exciting year for them, just the late inning comebacks like you're talking about. There was always drama to be had. Something could always happen. You always kind of felt that. You had to, you had, they were like must-watch television. Yeah, they, really, they, yeah. they, they, like when I started like saying they were good, that they became almost appointment television, and you couldn't really miss a game. Like something, you were going right. to miss something exciting. And this is Whether you know this tweet of the Yankees or the Mookie Betts Grand Slam off of J.A. Happ back early in the year, the It's Time to Party Grand Slam. Right. Um, it, you, there were just so many things this year that made it such a fantastic year. And they were also known as the Win Every Day Red Sox right. because they had 108 wins, right. 54 losses. And this team finished with the second most wins all time to the 1998 Yankees, including playoffs. So the 1998 Yankees won 114 in the regular season, plus the 11 in the playoffs, so they had 125. And then, pardon me, the Mariners, 2001, won 120 games, but they didn't obviously win in the World Series. Right. And then the Red Sox won 119, the 108 in the regular season, plus the 11 in the playoffs. So they are right up there with one of the greatest, greatest baseball teams that we've ever seen. Certainly the best Red Sox team we've ever seen. You know, I, know, I heard some people still want to say 04, and yes, they, were, they changed Boston baseball forever and broke the 86-year curse. Right. But, you know, I think that this team has earned the right as the best Red Sox team ever and one of the best teams ever. So. Well, the, nu- the numbers don't lie. I mean, right. you, can, you can feel however you want, and people are always going to, you know... Uh, there's going to be a myth around that. The that generational o- arguments. Right, around the 4 team. But the, the numbers the numbers don't lie. You know, what could happen did happen. and, and uh, Look who they rolled through. 
Yeah, I mean, they beat they well, beat the we, Yankees. Yeah, like hundred win team. Exactly. The Astros, the defending champion Astros, hundred and three win team. Right. The Dodgers, who went to took push the Astros were seven last game World seven Series games, last year. Ninety seven wins for the ninety two this 92, year for the sorry. Dodgers, but their win differential suggested they should have been better. Yeah. Their run differential suggested that they should have been better than right. they were. So. And their strength on the road, right? You know, took them to that point. But what they wrote, I mean, when we first did this preseason. You know, going to the postseason show, like we when we dived into it, we talked about just have to deal with either the Indians, the Ash, you know, just the whole ALE East. How tough was just so yeah. stacked. You just don't know what you were going to get from the next series to the next, and to roll in like that, and to roll over on the Astros, and to just take this game, which Nesto and I predicted in five games. Yep, good yes. job. Yeah, high job. five, high five. Yeah. But were you really right? Because I had six. They played an eighteen inning game, so technically, <laughs> there's a little asterisk. I'll, I'll so accept that. I'll accept there that. Six games. I'll accept that. And <laughs> and what will go down is, it, you know, in a lost game, we can get into the, that eighteen inning game before. But what Uvalde did in that game was just amazing. Yeah, you know? I have a lot of notes that we yeah. should get into. So we can game. we can jump in it from that point. You know what are we going to say? But I I kind of want to get your I, your take just in general, Nesto, because Johnny and I are obviously Red Sox fans, so we're. We're bought in, you know, and I told him I was going to go with Red Sox through this, even if they met up with the Astros, which I did. I, I'm, for the solid fact that this team was just so much fun to watch this year. It was exciting. I'm not one to, like, say I'm going to watch every Red Sox game or try to watch it in my past, yeah. but I always wanted to watch these guys play this year, especially towards the end of the season. They were just that much fun. Um, so for me... Um this was just so highly entertaining, especially um, watching it without, um, you know, a vested rooting interest. You know, I, I always say that I'm a casual Red Sox fan. I am. I moved here uh, to New England in uh, 06, 07. Um, so that's still right in the middle of, of Red Sox fever. Everybody, you know, um, they, they want they wanted 04. 04. 0407 07 yeah so they so they had just won again as I was moving here and um, oh our buddy's back Mr. Beeper Mr. Beeper backing up his truck <laughs> um so so I you know I have always had you know out of the corner of my eye uh, keeping track of the Red Sox um but this postseason and not just because of this podcast like you said it became must watch television I couldn't I couldn't not watch it because the it was so compelling. Um, the 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 characters on the team were so compelling. Uh, I think I was more drawn to this team than than that earlier team um, because of the personalities on this team, like Mookie Betts and JBJ and Xander Bogarts and like all these guys who um, uh, all these guys who. They're so humble and they're so likable, um, with the exception of Kinsler. Um, <laughs> there isn't an unlikable guy on this team. He did that to himself. Well, right, but he was one of my favorite players too. Was he? Used to be. Yeah. Oh man! I have a Kinsler Rangers shirt. K stands for sucks. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck does that even exactly. mean? Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was great and. Um, uh, speaking of Xander Bogarts, this is episode Xander Bogarts of the Green Mountain Sports Roundup. I had a whole thing that I was going to say, but Johnny decided to jump on top of me to catch a fruit fly. So, <laughs> so easily distracted. Absolutely <laughs> fucked up my whole intro. Um, well, yeah, anyways, learn. yeah. All right. So, so Johnny, let's get into let's game get one. Let's get into it. Game one. Dodgers at Red Sox. Red Sox win the game 8-4. The big blow was the Eduardo Nunez 3-1 pinch hit home run. And what the, you know, the takeaway from I think from these games is that the Red Sox from inning one, their first at bat, they came and jumped right on top of it. You know, right away Mookie Betts gets a gets a hit, steals second base. Benintendi gets a hit. Okay, and then Puig throws home instead of throwing a second base. So he's not he wasn't going to get Mookie, but the throw home allowed Benintendi to get to second base. Next batter, Janie Martinez, gets hit. Boom, right as the World Series started, the Red Sox are up 2-0. Ambush, that was another one of their philosophies, one of their do, hashtag do damage slogans this year. It was hashtag ambush teams. They right. wanted to ambush. Mm-hmm. And so that's exactly what they did right off the bat. You know, things got a little hairy against Kershaw. It was 5-4, to four, but then Ed, Eduardo Nunez comes in. 
pinch hit against uh, was it Matt, Alex Wood against Alex Wood, right. and then boom, three run home run. This is just another example of you know, the next man up philosophy right. for the Red Sox. Well, I think what put me at ease a little bit too, and probably you as well, because one of our biggest concern is all this postseason. They they responded was that 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 bullpen, the pitching crew. Sale gets knocked around four innings. You were like, oh, my God, he's coming out of the game. Here we go. This can go either direction. Doesn't look right. And doesn't look right. And then, you know, the whole core comes in and holds holds strong yeah. and doesn't give up a run. Uh, well, they could give up one run, right? That was Brazier. Brazier, yeah. Yeah. Brazier kind of lost his steam a little bit. A little bit. Series. You know, but yeah. your guy, Joe Kelly, I thought played great in this whole series. Dr. Joe well. is Yeah, on. he was probably number three in the running for MVP. Yeah. Six, and, in, uh, six innings, six and a third innings of right. shutout ball. Right. He was fantastic. So dive so, into game two. Game two, four to two, Red Sox victory. Uh, I thought Hinjin Ryu was fantastic, but the bigger story was David Price getting a second consecutive playoff victory. You know, six innings, two earned runs. Uh, the Dodgers only had three hits. Yep, I called six innings before that game. I thought he could go that far. Everybody thought I was crazy. Uh, so the big play was <laughs> the J.D. Martinez. He had the two-run single in the bottom of the fifth inning with Puig was playing so deep, but it was cold out, and he was playing so he was playing right. so deep, and it was two outs, and you know if you're trying to prevent the run, you know you're, you're trying to prevent a single, so right. he should have been like twenty feet up. more shallow. Yeah, and so but he wasn't, and I don't know which I mean, nerd in the Dodgers analytics department screwed that one up, but somebody certainly did because right. he was almost back by the right well, field. That was probably the most wall. talked about subject coming out of that game, than playing that that far back. Yeah. Absolutely. What was he doing back that far? Because the game was tied, and then of course that two-run hit that made it four to two, and the Red Sox go on to win that one. I think so, I think that was a that was a running um, uh, storyline throughout the series was the Dodgers out coaching themselves and trying and getting a little too cute and making to the analytics. Well, not not yeah, they stuck not, to not, the book. Not playing. You they know, did. They stuck to the book. Not playing. Uh, those right-handed heavy lineups in games one and two against Salem Price, like what are you doing? You have your top four home run hitters out of the, out of the lineup. Right. On both days, you had the National League uh, NLCS MVP Bellinger out of the lineup for the first two games. Yeah, that went through me for a Max Muncy out of the lineup. You know, all Jock Peterson out of the lineup. Like, what is going on here? And you know, as a Red Sox fan, I was like, "Go ahead, keep doing it. I'll take it. You want to keep rolling out Kiki Hernandez and yeah. you know all these other guys, these right-handed bats? Go for it. I'll take it." Maybe when they introduced Roberts and he got the standing ovation, he just felt like he was a Sox from that point on and just helped us out. His next ovation <laughs> will be even bigger, which was which was great in that game for him to get that standing ovation and then Machado just to get booed so hard. <laughs> just fitting. All right, so let's move on to the big discussion of topic. Oh, God. Game number three. Oh, my God. 18 got... inning game, seven hours and 20 minutes. Which we I... all stayed awake through. We did all stay awake through. Not necessarily coherent this one. I, I did. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> didn't? No. I okay. went to bed at the bottom, after the bottom of the 16th. Okay. I saw the writing on the wall. I saw the Red Sox lineup. The remaining lineup at the time was Betts and Bogarts, a combined 0 for 15 oh, so far. Yeah. Eovaldi was in the th- three spot. That's your pitcher at the time. Ian Kinsler, Brock Holt, Nunez, who was uh, falling all over the place that night, JBJ, <laughs> Vasquez playing first base, and Leon. There were no runs that were going to come from that. Right. And they were down to no pitchers, and, you know, the writing was on the wall. That game, I told Christina, and she says the next day, that, you know, you called it. Uh, I just I needed to go to bed. I was tired. I worked that day. and <laughs> well, <coughs> we, we get through some day. of this discussion of what we are talking about through that game, you'll see. I just thought maybe you just... You just fell off, had a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I saw it. And and so this is this is the big one because if things don't go the Red Sox way in game four, then we're talking about this in a much more critical manner, this game three and the decisions that were made in well, game three today. You were talking today. about it in a critical fucking manner. No, but I'm saying a much more critical manner. I'm not well, sure absolutely. how much more critical we could have gotten. Well, because well, the series would be completely different. It would still be going on with the game six tomorrow night. And the decisions that Cora made in Game 3, he looked like he had never seen a National League game before with the way he went. I get that his whole strategy is to win and be aggressive, but he was way too aggressive in that game. You, don't you know, how do you get Benintendi only one at bat? How does Moreland and J.D. Martinez, you take J.D. Martinez out of the game for a pinch runner in a tie game situation for Ian Kinsler... 
um, who's only on first base. Like, if you're down a run and you have a runner on second, then I can see you take J.D. Martinez out. But you only had a runner on first base, and you're going to take your best hitter out of the game. Moreland's out of the game. Benintendi, like I said, he's out of the game. And you have all these guys. You're screwing up the pitcher's spot. You're burning your pitcher for game four. The next night, he was going through his pitchers way too fast. He pulled Porcello way too early. In the fifth inning, he pulled Porcello. Porcello. So, and, you know, we didn't know. My biggest fear was David Price coming in. Like, this guy gets knocked around and just gets shit on. Like, does that put that monkey back on his right, back right. a little bit? Because he, he did such a great job in, the, in was game two. Um, but I, I like the go for blood. I like the ambush aspect. Yeah, he probably made some bad decisions somewhere in there, but I can't question a man who was, like, just did such a great job managing not only through the season, all the way up through that point. But we get into talking about baseball and the changes and the time in between innings, the time in between changes. It's what brace baseball creates is that series of doubt or like questioning. Gives you time to look at it. Gives you time to react to it. Get <coughs> yourself worked up. So let's what? talk about Ian Kinsler. Let, I so, was going to say, let's not forget this game should have ended at the bottom of the 13th. Right, so yeah. the Red Sox go ahead. Well, first of all, Ian Kinsler comes in to pinch run for J.D. Martinez. Mm-hmm. All right, so he's on first base. He gets picked off, but but there's not a good angle on the replay, so they can't overturn the safe call. But he was out. Yeah. We said we all saw that. Then he over on the, on the next hit, he overruns third base, and he almost gets tagged out by Turner over there. Then... The, uh, the sack fly by Nunez to center field to Bellinger, he tags up. He doesn't even slide, and he gets thrown out right. easily at home. Like, that is a trifecta, triple crown oh, suckness on the, right. like, as a pinch runner. Yeah. Get your head in the game, Kinsler. He hit the, he hit for the cycle of sucking. The cycle of sucking. <laughs> the cycle of pinch sucking. running. Like, give me a break. And you took your best hitter out of the lineup for that? Okay, so whatever. <laughs> they, so they take the lead eventually a few innings later, and they go up 2-1 to one in a miraculous form. You know, Holt gets the hit, and then and then Eduardo Nunez hustles on out after he's fallen all over the place, dives in the first base, Dodgers throw it away, and Holt comes running home, and they get up 2-1, uh, to one, and we're like, all right, this game might be, might be coming to an end, right? Selling that freaking catch going into the stands was so well, so stupid. Right, right. So, so the stupid. Nunez play. All right, like, so come this on, is in buddy. the bottom of the inning, yeah. and that was going for the second out. Yeah. Muncie is on first base. So the ball's in the going to the third base side, and Nunez is going over to get it. And you're right. He's not sprinting right. to go get it. He's got time to set himself and catch it. Right. But, you know, he's got a... That's playing for a highlight. That's what he yeah. does, the Jeter moment. Right. So he, 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 Nunez is like that. He over-amplifies and is over-dramatic with everything he, he does. He two full steps after that catch yes. to lean and push himself <laughs> into that. He did. And I'm like, if that guy gets hurt by being doing some dumb-headed, boneheaded play like that, Oh, God, I could have choked him. So Muncie tags up and gets second yeah. base, and that proves costly, right? So yeah. the next the next batter is, is is Puig, right? So Puig comes up. The Cora should have walked Puig in that instance because the guy that was up after that would have been first and second with Barn, with Austin Barnes up, who right. was 2 for 24, and it didn't look like he could hit a beach ball <laughs> at the time. So in my opinion, that's another Cora screw-up is he should have walked Puig and pitched to Barnes, but he doesn't. Yeah. You know, he decides to... to Pitch to Puig, and <clears throat> Puig, so Eovaldi pitches to Puig, and Puig hits the ground ball up the middle to Kinsler, and Kinsler goes into Bill Buckner mode and trips all over himself and then chucks it wildly without even barely looking to first base where Christian Vasquez is playing first base right. because of more core decisions earlier in the game. And before you, like, before you know it, the game's tied 2-2, two to two, and it's like, you've got to be kidding me. We're back you've got to be again. kidding me. And the, this was his true Bill Buckner moment. Yeah. And it, for him, he's got to be the happiest guy in the world that they ended up winning Game 4 and then the World Series. Right. Because things that would was have gotten really yeah. ugly for Ian Kinsley. Yeah, he would have been tarred and feathered on the streets of Boston. Big time. <laughs> Left in Dorchester to die. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> you didn't see him again in the series after that. Well, I just, yeah. He was he was a big question mark when he came even came into this season. It was just like a reach to have him in that position. I, I know he's been one of your favorites in the past, right? Yeah. You know, but I, I just... He had, he had time to take two full... Hops absolutely. So set so himself we, and, and get it. Or in just hold. Doesn't even run hard down the line. And so yeah. I looked at it. I, I there was a tweet, a Statcast tweet. Puig was only halfway down the line, and so he uh, Kinsler when he when he stumbled, he had another half a second to set himself, and he still would have had time to throw out Puig. 
you know, they did all like the math and everything that he could. He had a half second to reset himself and just make a the hundred foot throw and throw him out. Mm-hmm. But no, he panicked. Right. And so it was costly. Evaldi had to pitch a few more innings, you know, because they didn't have anyone else. And then they eventually lose in the eighteenth. And all the guys, Smoltz and Ken Rosenthal, are saying, you know, the Red Sox going for this all in strategy to win this game could turn this series in a really, really ugly way for the Red Sox. And when they lost, and when you find out the lo- they lost the next morning when I woke up, I-, I was crushed that next day. And it was a rainy day here, and I tell you, I slugged around most of that day waiting for the next game because I-, I was concerned. We didn't know who the pitcher for the next day was going to be. You find out later on it's Eddie Rodriguez, who they hadn't had any trust in at all for the- this-, right. this playoffs. And you're like, well, how much can he give you? And, you know, five, six innings, maybe. So do we have anything else from Game 3? <laughs> Should we get into the Game 4? Get into Game 4. I mean, it, my thing is, like, I understand. It could have it changed the momentum of that series. They took that chance. But I, you know, and it's the whole thing. I just hate, like, blanketing, blanketing, can't even say that word, doubt over that game and just sorry, just going and believing, like, Game 4 is going to be a, a wash or a loss. I just... Well, if Game 4 is a loss, we can't talk, burn we the talk people about it. that you're going to use in Game 4. Because you're, you're yeah. killing two, two games. I think and that, I think that in my that. mind, I want to think that that team came together like, let's do this, let's just oh, go. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what they what they did, which I didn't know, you know, I thought, you know, for most ML, most teams that we've known over history, is that would be a demoralizing, defeating loss where everyone is gassed, exhausted, right. feels really bad and shitty about themselves, the manager feels bad. But after the game, Cora pulled the team together and spoke to them in the locker room. You know, they were all getting behind Eovaldi for the 97 yeah. pitches he had just thrown on short rest and how he, like, helped save the team. And he's going to be a free agent and just how much of a sacrifice he made to the team. And so they kind of, it was a rallying right. cry, rallying right. moment for the Sox that was something that I didn't see. And I guess I thought could have happened, but, you know, in most in- instances, it doesn't go that way. I get it. And also looking at it, to go 18 innings to, to win by one run, only winning 3-2, to two, and your first four batters for the Red Sox go 0 and 22, 23. It's a positive aspect of that. It's just like, yeah. oh my God, they had to sell their souls to get that to get win, one win, one win out of them. Yeah. And they look, you know, we'll get into Game Four now too and talk about that. So Erod saves the day in Game Four, okay? But yeah. but Core makes another mistake by stretching him out too long. Like how? So you know, going into the game, how many innings were you going to be happy with Erod pitching? Four. Four, exactly. Four, Four five, six. So he yeah. gets into the sixth inning, you know, and he starts pitching a tur- Justin Turner. Turner gets a hit. You know, one run comes home. And then right. you see Puig come up, and the, the mile-per-hour mile fastball for Erod had gone from 95-96 down to 90-91 by the time Puig comes up. Right. You know, and you got two runners on. They've already scored a run. At this point, it's like, hello, Cora, pull him, pull him. He's given you everything he's got. He's given you more than you could have asked for. Right. And he doesn't because he knows that Puig struggles against Left-handed pitchers. So, and then his mind, he's trying to steal one more out one from, from Erod. Yeah. He pushed it just a little too far because he knows that Puig hits righties better. So he didn't want to bring in Kelly or Barnes at that time. So anyway, the left-handers in a great moment because you get the great scene here. Erod pitches to Puig. Puig hits the three-run home run to put the Dodgers up four to nothing in the sixth inning. Puig, you know, showboater, showboater as he is. You know, flips the bat, throws his hands up in the air instantly, and at the same time on the mound, you got Erod slamming his glove <laughs> into the ground. Yeah, it was just it was a great picture if you saw it. Yeah, but, yeah. So the Red Sox are down four to nothing, and you're thinking, oh boy, I was Here right. The game three thing yeah. totally is coming back to bite them in the ass. Core is making these terrible decisions in the National League Park. Series is going to be tied two two. Oh, and by the way. Dodgers are 54-0 this year when they lead it at, by four runs or more at any point in the game. 54-0. and 0. And they have Kenley Jansen coming in soon. Okay, but what we didn't know is Pedro Baez, he was unavailable. Right. Urias, he's unavailable. So Madsen comes in. And then we also didn't know that Chris Sale was going to go all 2013 David Ortiz in the dugout and start ripping <laughs> his team and saying... Hey, Rich Hill sucks. He only has two pitches. Get your shit together. Let's get going. He fires up the whole team in the dugout. That's awesome. A couple guys get on base. Rich Hill pulls himself out. Oh, I, yeah. We need to get into this oh, because yeah. this was another debate. Um, clearly, Rich Hill wanted out of the game. He tells the, the manager, Roberts, in between innings, keep an eye on me. Okay? Basically saying, and the pitcher only says that if he knows that he's gassed. Right. So... He walks the first guy, Holt, I think, 
Hulk, mm-hmm. he walks the first guy, and then Roberts comes out to talk to him just to see what's going on. And he just hands him the ball. Rich Hill just hands no him discussion. the ball. Roberts, you, I, I saw it today, Roberts looks him in the eye and is like, Almost like, are you kidding me? I just wanted to talk to you. <laughs> and then I didn't Hill, get the signal yet. <laughs> Rich, right, he didn't give him the signal, Not the signal at all. yet. Hill hands him the ball. Hill pats the manager, Robert, <laughs> yeah. on the back. It's like, good luck with this. Walks us. off. And then there's this also a great shot of Bob Guerin, the bench coach yeah. for the Dodgers in the dugout, as Hill's walking off, getting a big applause because he had pitched great, only allowing one hit and no runs so far. And Guerin's looking at him like, are you fucking kidding me? You're asking out in a game in this game where we're up four to in the World Series and you're asking out, Rich Hill? Right. Anyway, he comes out of the game. Sale goes nuts in the dugout. And then Mitch Moreland pinch hits. Boom. Boom. Three-run home run. Gone. Red Sox back in the game. And this is the fight that we've talked about earlier where that they've shown all year long. You know, and then... then you know, when Kenley Jansen comes in in the eighth inning and then Steve Pierce hits the tying home run to make it 4-4 to and then Rafi Devers comes and pinch hits right. and they go up 5-4. to The attack is on. The attack was on. And then who hit the three-run home run? In game four? What's the, well, that's, that's so, yeah, the busted open. Back a bit. Uh, ooh, I gotta look at that. Busted up. open but, in the ninth yeah. inning. But even to talk about... Uh, no, Steve Pierce, he had the, the double, the three-run double. Even to talk about Kent the next man up, and Joe Kelly comes in two innings, three Ks, shuts it down for two Unbelievable. innings Unbelievable, well. yeah. And then, and then, yeah, so they end up getting a 9-4 to lead, and Kimball comes in for the ninth inning, starts <laughs> to try to give it away, yeah. makes it, you know, Kiki Hernandez hits a home run. He was tipping his pitches, his by the way. What's his nickname? you come up with? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, de- I've decided to start calling him uh, Preparation H, because he... <laughs> Because he makes your butthole super tight. He does, but he was also he was so he was back to tipping his pitches in that game because Kiki Hernandez was sitting on that Craig Campbell curveball, which nobody does. And then a few batters later, Cody Bellinger just let let a curveball just that was perfectly thrown just sat just there sit. and just stepped on it and watched it go by, and it's like, what's going on here? So you kind of knew that Kimbrel was tipping back to tipping his pitches. So. Anyway, they, they did end up pulling it out. They get the 9-6 to six victory, and, you know, the series is basically over, 3-1. to one. Mm-hmm. But just so, right. mu- so much to take from that game. Really, so much to take from that game. Just, yeah. I mean, I mean the That's late, where they win it, the, because otherwise the series is tied. It's just crushing. Right. Yeah, as, 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 like you said, the Dodgers, for Rich Hill to leave off the mound, just a head-scratcher, and for you getting those late innings, you think, all right, we got the attack on. Joe Co- Kelly comes in, shuts it down to winning, and you're just annihilating them in those, those last innings. That's just demoralizing for the Dodgers going in. They just looked like so, like soulless going into the next game, which we can go oh, and yeah, talk totally. to. Oh, yeah, totally. You know? Totally. This, I call this episode of, of game, you know, <laughs> five, leaving Kershaw out to dry because yep. he was just out there for, what, seven innings that game? Then bombs get hit off him. Yeah. And, and the one difference, too, the striking difference in the teams is the te- in, intestinal fortitude of the balls of the t- teams and how much they different. They were different. The Red Sox, all their pitchers, even after the 18-inning game, they all wanted to pitch, and they were all coming to Cora's door saying, hey, I'm available, I'm available, I'm available. And on the other side, you get guys like Rich Hill asking out of the game. You have guys like Pedro Baez, who's not available in Game 4. Julio Urias, not available right. in Game 4. I mean, so... You're going for the uh, Walker Bueller. How good was Walker Bueller in Game 3? Did you so see him at any other point in, in the series warming up once? The best pitcher for the Dodgers. Yeah. Did you see him anywhere no, else? No. no Price was nowhere. everywhere. Price was everywhere for the Red Sox. So, Price threw Game 2, two-thirds thir- two thir- two, uh, two of an inning in Game 3. Warms Warmed up, up for four. Four and goes out and pitches seven innings. Seven strong. Game five. In game seven five. great innings. Yeah. I mean, that guy, I don't know if you saw his, po- his post-game conference, we were talking about a team, and basically the, the, the whole team calling him one of the best players to be around. Mm-hmm. He was so humble they love and him. in tears right. behind that. You know this team was just pulling for him to, to shake all these postseason woes. Now uh, he's 3-9, and nine, and you know he's a World Series hero, and I think he should have been MVP. I do too. That that last home run just seemed like it was sealed it, it, it just sealed it for Pierce. But I was talking actually to a friend. We're at we're at Echo at the bar watching it. I'm like, if he hits another one, I was talking to Brian, and Brian went around the corner, popped it. I'm like, all right, Pierce wins it. Unfortunately, I I, I was shoot, I was shooting for Price. Yeah, you know, I mean, he just did a phenomenal job. But what you know, you're talking four home runs, eight RBIs, three and, home runs, three home runs. Right. 
eight RBIs that that covered a five game series. That's pretty uh, in the last two games alone. <laughs> exactly. So deservedly so he earned it. But yeah, just I could talk forever. We we all could talk. Well, about the best this comment game. I thought from David Price was the "I hold all the cards now" in his post his post game press conference after the Red Sox won and beating Kershaw in Game Five was a tour de force. Like just like. He, first off, he comes in there, and he's like, where's all the reporters? There's only like 10 of you here. I'm not, I didn't come here for all that. Because he wants all oh, the media right? in there yeah. so he so he can say what he's got to say. And then he's like, you guys have held the cards for years. This is my redemption song. He, he's like, now I hold the cards. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it's just hilarious, his delivery of the whole thing. And then he had the tears... About the that he you know talking about what his teammates and the, they mean to him and why he plays the game, but yeah, I thought the I hold the cards now and it feels pretty damn good was the, one of the quotes of the year from an athlete. And now Kershaw carry a lot of that on his, like, his shoulders right. for sure. Right. So I mean, oh, yeah. do we even got, need to get into game around. to game five? I mean, Not because because right. after game four, it was it was, it was, you know, had it was signed, sealed, delivered, and right. then that like. Game five, they ambush him right away. Pierce with a two-run home run right off the bat. Mookie follows that up, makes it three-one. I just said the icing on the cake. Sale coming in, three Ks, shut it uh, out. Just well, yeah. So just Kelly and Sale yeah. in the eighth and ninth inning struck out the last six guys, yeah. and Manny Machado down on his knees because we didn't even get to Machado stepping on on Pierce's um, ankle when he right. was running the first base in game four. Yeah. When the game was basically over, Machado grounds out and doing what Machado does. You doing what Machado does. He steps on the back of, of Steve Pierce's ankle on for the yeah. first base bag and you know, there's just something wrong with that guy. So when Machado was the last guy up in game five, I was thinking, I'm like, do I want him to beat him in the head or do I want him to strike him out? I'm like, nah, he's not going to beat him in the head in this one because you just don't want to put anyone on base for the hell of it, you know? Yeah. But it would have been nice to see. But it almost it been, as it good. Been so it would have been so ballsy and uh, but yeah. I, I think uh, six consecutive strikeouts to to and Machado close, on his knees to end the game. Yeah, to close him down was was perfect. And, and I also thought it was very fitting. Uh, you know, Chris Sale throws out the first pitch of the season and the last pitch of the season. Right? It was fitting. He had a yeah. hell of a year. First pitch of the World Series. Last pitch of the World Series. Yeah. Uh, first pitcher since Oral Hershiser to do that. Uh, well, while we're talking about uh, things like that, Mookie Betts uh, had the longest postseason hitting drought by any reigning batting champion. Oh, he, he was killing me. He, yeah, he was really killing me. Yeah, he was so, like I just I couldn't take it. I was, I don't I don't know what happens to him if he gets pitched differently. I think that's part of it. And, and you were calling him the possible next postseason A Rod. You know, just dominant all, all year long. Just. You know, invisible in the playoffs. It's, well, it's been three years now where he yeah. struggled. And he yeah. finally got the monkey off his back with the home run in the uh, seventh. The team got the monkey off his back. Inning. He was just swinging freely at that point. You know, exactly. Like, true. Not, not, not playing tight. Well, they were only up two to one. Yeah, but I, I and just think you feel time. like you, and this is a team that's just always going to ride. I mean, he just seemed like he was just tight. Yep. Just not swinging away like he was, you know, 82 at bats against yeah. first postseason home run. Um, and just one thing I want to throw out, too, is congratulations to Alex Cora. Became the first manager from Puerto Rico, you know, to get the team there, to get the win. Fifth uh, skipper, rookie skipper, to ever do it as well. Uh, definitely coming in to this season with everybody looking at him in my mind, you know, after coming off as being bench coach for the Astros, winning. What is he going to bring to this squad? And, hey, he brought another championship to himself. And to I the think his knowledge of, Boston. of the Astros, his inner knowledge of the Astros team and players was helped. Huge. And then I thought the Red Sox hitting coach, Tim Hires, his inner knowledge of how to face the Dodgers was huge because he was the Dodgers hitting coach right. last year, and he came over. And you, you saw with the Red Sox, they're the way that they attack the Dodgers hitters. So the Dodgers all have that big uppercut launch angle swing, yep. if you notice. So the Red Sox philosophy for the series was to pitch high strikes in the zone, right. and they kept pounding, you know, with all of them. Evaldi, Kelly, all those guys Wait. were throwing high strikes. Right. And that's that was the way to attack them. So I just thought that, that they had good knowledge, inner working knowledge, right. from guys that had been with the teams before. So that's Too it. Too soon? 21st century Yankees? I mean, it's they're on, they're they're on pace to win. Years. They're on pace to win 22 uh, championships for the for 100 years <laughs> at this pace. Yeah, I mean, twenty six compared to uh, the Yankees going. You know, I think in couple, in a few weeks we need to like start breaking down the roster and who the, who they keep. But honestly, I know this as a GM, we'll never do this. And 
Although, you know, as a fan, you wish it would. I just, I want the whole freaking team back, except for Kinsler. <laughs> because Pedroy is there. And Workman. Well, I know he did. I know he's yeah. here the year before. Pomeranz. It's a Pomeranz. Pomeranz, yeah. Bye-bye. But Pedroy is back next year to play second base. So then if you have Nunez to back up, Nunez and Holt. Think he's is he, be, though? You, I think he's, I think this. He was ready to go now. They just yeah. didn't want to push it. Yeah, Pedroy. And he's on. he's got years left on his contract. He's 35. He's going to, yes, he'll be back. Promise you, but, but but you don't. I don't, I don't think you can trust him to not get hurt. Well, that's why I'm saying you still have Holt and Nunez as backup replacements for Devers and for Pedroia. Right. And then if you can keep Pierce and Moreland at first base, Bogey, you got to keep the the two catchers. You can get the outfield the same. We can bring back Eovaldi, Joe Kelly. I don't know about Kimbrel. Kimbrel's a free agent. I'm not sure they're going to pay the amount of money that he's going to get offered. I don't think he would. Would you cry close. over it if you got another dominant closer? I, well, who would we get? That's what I, don't know. That's what I don't know. A lot of changes can happen. There's, we, we there's something to be said for the certainty. Around. Just steal another guy from the Pirates. They're <laughs> Every, everybody is for sale. Felipe. Pirates. Felipe. Yeah. He's good. But I don't know. I don't love lefty closers. And one last question. Cheap, like, do we need to get over it? Like, you're talking four championships, 14 years, and you're, you're beating the Dodgers, but you still get the Yankees suck chant. Aren't we better than that now? Yes. Aren't, you know, it's, yes. like, it's like picking on the big brother. Because it's just we stupid. Got, like, let's, you know, let's not be stupid fans. It's, I, it drives me crazy. So your main Yankees problem... Yankees don't your, suck. Your main no, they <laughs> never did. No, I got it back back when the Red Sox couldn't beat them. Right. Yeah, I get it during the game when you're playing them. Playing them, Come yeah. On. But now I mean, we're getting like, it everywhere. You know, it's almost like that and Sweet Caroline. Like, sing, yeah, sing I, me, enough. Right, sing, enough. Me, sing, so sing me Sweet, uh, sing me, uh, you know, We Are the Champions from Queen yeah. at the end of the game. Dirty water all you want. Yeah. Sweet Caroline and Yankees suck. Please, enough. So your problem your problem with uh, not having stupid fans in Boston is your fans are from Boston. So moving along to football. Ooh. Wait, can we just talk about <laughs> how much money Machado cost himself? Did you see this report from Heyman today? No. So Manny Machado is going to be a free agent. Him and Bryce Harper are like the star prize free agents. I mean, it's been years waiting for these guys to become available and they're supposed to be the first 300 million plus guys on the market this offseason going into the playoffs that was still a thing Machado and Harper are going to get 300 million they're saying Heyman is saying this this year's playoffs has cost Machado close to 100 million dollars the Yankees said they don't think that they're going to look at him now, which I want them to because I want them to bring in the we next A-Rod yeah. and get rid of Didi, who's a perfect fit for the team. Right. But so Machado is now looking at 200 to $225 million. Somebody. How about that? Your antics cost you that much money? Take what that, a loser. <laughs> <laughs> what a loser. The guy like, just lost and laid down dead, and we're just river dancing. Oh, it's I love so it. awesome. I love it. It's just awesome. You loser. <laughs> All right, boys. Let's <laughs> let's move along uh, to football. Um, I I texted you, Johnny, <clears throat> during this game. I was completely disgusted. Reminded me of my texts. <laughs> yeah, completely disgusted of the first uh, first uh, qu- quarter at least uh, going into the first half uh, of the of the game. Steelers versus the Browns. Uh, Steelers coming off of the bye week, um, you know the 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 Steelers are what, what's going on? What am I looking at? <laughs> Holy 90, 90 fucking shit! What? 90, we're watching a uh, little NBA highlights, and it's ninety two Golden State, fifty Chicago Bulls at halftime. Half time. Half time. Whoa! All Second right. most in the first half in NBA history. Back back to uh, this year's Super Bowl <laughs> champs. This year's Super. Oh, wow. <laughs> Fuck you, Marty. So Steelers are Steelers are one and five um, after the bye week uh, coming out, and um, you know it's it's a Mike. T- I talk about it all the time. It's a Mike Tomlin it's coaching team, culture. Coaching culture, lots of flags, especially you know uh, coming right out of the gate. They're rusty. They they don't look prepared. Um, so you'd rather be the team player's friend and give them the time off to make them happy and be friendly with them than make them work to try to sharpen their... Right. And they should want that, too. Well, absolutely. You'd think. You would think. But ben, ben looked rusty again. Um, it's it's, um, it's kind of like, Marty, when we went to see Willie Nelson uh, a few weeks ago, and it took him about four songs before he could play guitar, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, and... 
<clears throat> and I don't know if it's his, if it's his age or if or if you know other things in the offense are clicking right. Um, but uh, it really takes it really takes the other team getting at least ten points up and you know getting into the to the to uh, into the second quarter before they can get anything going whatsoever. We have the most points allowed of any team. Um, in the first quarter in the league, we are thirtieth. Th- uh, Thank Kansas City for that. Yeah. Holy moly! Uh, as opposed to the second quarter, where we have the highest um, score uh, scoring differential, differential uh, of any team. Um, so we finally get it going. He hits Antonio Brown um, for a touchdown, and, and you know starts it going. Of course. The Browns also browns it up and, uh, you know, miss a field goal, they miss an extra point, you know, the whole, the whole thing. Like um, to talk about experience. Yeah, the whole like Browns experience. to talk experience. about for the Browns this week, too, going in after this game, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're talking, what, you guys had 421 yard total yards? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so you get Another it great performance for Connor. James Connor, James amazing. James Connor, and First. this week's uh, Le'Veon Bell Lazy Boy Report. Uh, you brought you t- <laughs> see he didn't want to bring it up. All right, the lazy lazy boy report is uh, if he doesn't show up. Uh, what's the date today? The 29th? Yeah. So if he doesn't show up on Wednesday, he's not coming. Um, but he's not needed. Look how good Connor is. No, and I think I you know James Connor could talk all about how Le'Veon texts him after every good play, but I don't, I don't think this is sitting well with Le'Veon. I thought he thought this whole season was gonna play play out a lot differently and by this point in the season we'd be begging for him to come back um you know so uh, but good for james Conner becomes uh the first Steeler running back to have two touchdowns in three consecutive weeks uh and you know that's pretty elite company uh there you know franco harris and and uh jerome bettis and Le'Veon bell himself uh, have not uh, accomplished that feat in seven games He's got um, 599 yards, uh, nine touchdowns, uh, 323 uh, yards receiving. I mean, this guy... What's his yards per carry? Do you have that offhand? Yeah, his yards per carry is uh, 4.7, which is higher than what Le'Veon Bell's was. Le'Veon Bell, I believe, was... Well, last year he was down. Low three-something. He was down last right. year. Yeah, like three, two, three, uh, three, three or, or so. Um, and you know what? He's He is so... At the beginning of the season, we're like, okay, you love you love James Conner because he's gonna he's gonna be that, you know, one cut hit the hole hard kind of back, but he's added a, a whole new dynamic to his game where where he's making guys miss uh, after he hits the hole. He's blasting apart. He's a big physical running back. He's creating you know, he's, contact. He's creating contact. He's not running out of bounds. He's punishing guys and. In the modern NFL, I think the best way because they are they are um, uh, litigating f- uh, defense uh, physical defense out of the game. You know you can't play physical defense the way you used to. So now in order to to play physical football, you got to play physical offense, and that's what he's doing. And we're seeing that uh, you know in in um, before the bye, you know the way he was throwing Vontez Perfect around. You know he's uh, he's got his long this year. Um, he's got two two runs for thirty yards. You know, like he's he's got those big splash plays, the things we were really missing from Le'Veon Bell, and the one thing we thought that that you know he wasn't going to be able to um, to live up to Le'Veon Bell is in the passing game, and he's showing that there's there's little to no uh, drop off there. Right. So. 202 total yards yesterday, 66 was in the air, Yeah, 146 on the ground. Stay home, Lev. We don't want you. <laughs> All right, you want to hit on uh, Huey and Louie, John? Tyron Lue gets fired by the Cleveland Cavaliers yesterday after the 0-6 start. I don't know what they thought they were going to get coming into the season without LeBron James, but, I mean, I can't imagine it was... Well, maybe would they think they were going to be like one in five, and that'd be like I don't, I don't really understand. Tristan what. Thompson saying we're still the best in the East until other teams prove so. And like, Kevin okay. Love's out for a month, month plus. So yeah. Fire. Good luck, Tristan. Tyron Lue. I ain't getting. Come on, give me a break. And that casual. Just another victim. Without LeBron James, they're a joke. He's just another Kardashian victim, which sucked the talent right out of him. Right. So that's <laughs> Louis gets fired yesterday, and Huey gets fired today. 
There we go. So when that when that when I heard that happened, I was thinking, okay, Todd Haley, natural, steps in. yeah, gonna step in. Haley won. Gone. Haley won because you could tell that there was a, like a, a confrontation. There was there was something brewing between the two of them, and you're right. I thought Haley won. What was yeah. it? Haley got to Haley got to to uh, Dorsey, Dorsey first. Well, the whole thing was Dorsey took over last year, and his thing is like we have to keep him through. Next season. Not the full season was stated, but they had a run with, with Hugh coming out of the gate. Why? I don't exac- exactly know. I think, honestly, that Hugh had a really good relationship with Gordon. And they wanted him there for Gordon to have a chance to come back. But that was a complete fail. We all knew that. Patriot now. Um, but I think it all well, threw us off. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Because John was saying that um, Josh Gordon liked three separate tweets. From today. From today. Um, talking about Jackson Hugh Jackson fired. getting fired, so maybe it was just bitterness because they let him go. They ended up letting him go. I don't know, but but yeah, you're right. He did like the posts of Haley getting fired and Hugh getting fired. Well, oh fuck! Speaking of tire fires, I forgot to talk about that fucking free kick. Re- I'm sorry, just to throw a wrench in this for one second. Flashback. Flashback. <laughs> just. Another thing that I was screaming at my television about, my girlfriend was looking at me like I was an insane person. Oh my god, I saw this play. Oh my god. So, <clears throat> awesome, awesome play uh, for a safety. Baker Mayfield, by the way, played fucking amazing. Um, you know, as best, as best as he could with what he was given. Uh, very elusive, hard to take down. Only got to him twice. Got to give major props to him. Only threw one interception. Free kick. That was fun. Fucking safety. Get you know. So so, uh, guy gets called. Uh, what was it? Bud Dupree gets gets held, uh, in the end zone. So they they call it a they call it a safety. They kick the free kick. <laughs> and Antonio Brown and Rosie Nix. So Rosie Nix does the, does the fair catch sign. Antonio Brown is yelling, you know, let it drop, let it drop. It's a punt return. Fucking. Switcher just looks confused. He's running up, ready to ready to to grab it, and you know, Rosie Nix is is waving his arms, and Antonio Brown, you know, feel like you should probably defer to that guy. <laughs> Think so? You know, is just just you know screaming not to take it, lets it bounce. Even the, even the announcers were like, "What the hell is going on here? Why why did he let it bounce?" Yeah. So we basically, after you know, the safety wound us, wound up costing us. Well, should have cost us five points, but Brown special teams is like, I don't know. Maybe they should get a high school kicker in there to fucking right the ship or something. Because that guy, if the, special teams is awful. If that guy, if that guy hits, you know, let's let's say if he hits one third more uh, field goals, you know, I bet you. They have two or three more wins. Maybe Hugh Jackson still has. His maybe job. yeah. Maybe Hugh Jackson still has his job. So, uh, and again, you know, I think that that that's a football IQ, um, you know, uh, uh, fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Faux pas. That's what I was looking for. I was like, I know it's. I know fuck it starts. Fuck up works just as good. I know it starts with F, uh, but it's a, it's a it's a football IQ thing, and that, what does that boil down to? Situational football. Situational football coaching. Yeah, that's, that's what Belichick preaches. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyways, well, you taught Mayfield was 180 yards, two TDs, one turnover, right? Yeah. And uh, the interesting thing, you know, he's talking about he, he, he he's helped. running for his life and doing things, but you're talking three and 13 on third down situations, only two and 37 yards. Only there was not one receiver on that team. Yesterday, over 40 yards receiving. They held the Steelers to two sacks, and we were getting massive penetration Ooh. off the line. thought yeah. that Jarvis Landry could possibly average less yards per catch than he did last year with the Dolphins. I, I thought he was... But he is. He's averaging, yeah. like... Oh, man, it seems... It's like... It's he's so not getting low. the targets I thought he would. No, he's getting the targets, but he's getting, like, 40 yards a game off, like, eight yeah. or nine catches. He, I, thought he was gonna have, I thought he was going to have a season this year, actually, honestly. It's I thought so he funny. would be is leading it? 
not up like leading, leading, but be right up there with some receiving leaders yeah, in the league. Yard, well, yeah. what what is that? Is it is it how they're using it? Using him just like dink and dunk over the top? You know, I'm not five, I'm not the Browns football expert. Five or six, know, five or six yards. Too close to the line of scrimmage. They need to yeah. They need to get him the ball downfield more. You know. Buy him time. Like you said, if he's having to tuck and run well, the one, because he's only getting three seconds to step back and go through his progressions, you're not going to get those long throws. More slants. Who knows? Because he's a physical receiver, you know? So and It's the Browns. Yeah. But everybody's saying this is going to be a sought-out position by coaches who either want to return to the NFL or... You know, successful well, offensive coordinators who are yeah, ready to make a name. Oklahoma, spot. Oklahoma, they were saying that Oklahoma's Lincoln Riley. Was, yeah. He said, no thanks. <laughs> well, you're going to leave that. I mean, Oklahoma's facilities is almost like NFL facilities. What Wait, those guys the have Browns? down there. Yeah. No thanks. No, thank you. That'd be a perfect uh, landing spot for John Gruden after he's got to be the next guy to get axed, just selling away pieces of the Well, uh, I mean, the contract, the the contract is, is going to guarantee him some time. Yeah. You can't give you can't give a coach a hundred million dollars to fire him. After you can't say bye to year. Khalil Mack and give him what you right. gave him and say it's all. I mean, no. Now they have to write it out for a little well, while. The, the front office is going to want to put all that, leave that pressure on his shoulders. They yeah. don't want the you know all eyes on them and the mistakes they made choosing this guy in the first place. All right, so let's talk about some good football teams. Yeah, um, yeah. So excellent game. Thank you. <laughs> Bye week for the Cowboys. Woo! A great day of brewery hopping around town. I had a twelve ounce Browns IPA. Stepped up to the plate. It was delicious. <laughs> I had a Hill Farmstead Nelson double IPA. That guy came in at eight ounces. He was a solid <laughs> performer. So I had a wonderful day. And with the Red Sox winning, I went back out again last night, which was a no no. And I've been hurting all day today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got to catch a little bit of uh, the um, 4 o'clock game together. Oh, yeah. Which was just a Todd Gurley really doesn't care about your fantasy team. <laughs> Todd Gurley cares no, about winning. Talk, or your spread. <laughs> Todd, Todd Gurley, that was honestly the most impressive uh, play that he made that day for me. Fantasy owners can't bitch one bit because he has scored them so many freaking right. points over the last... Yeah. Year and a half, he won. He got him fantasy championships galore he last year with his performances, points, and he's points been scoring three touchdowns a week this year. Like, if any fantasy owner has any gripe, but like, shut the hell up, like you greedy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly, Johnny didn't have him in DFS. Uh, this this was a great game. Not it- this week. <laughs> <laughs> Goff said this was his favorite game all year long. I mean, as a quarterback, young quarterback coming to the league, and you get to go up toe to toe there and Rodgers. You know, this is the 1967 Packers who won in the Rose Bowl. It was almost 50-50 with fans yesterday. It was like flooded with Packer fans. It was just a great scene. Uh, but got, you know, towards the end of the first half, Shields, former Packer, stops the ball on a punt on the one-yard line, which leads to the safety. They get the kick back. Gurley goes in, so now you're just down 10-8 going into the halftime. Uh, they had a great second half. 295 yards for God, three TDs. Gurley He's just a beast. 195 total yards. Ty um, Montgomery, the goat. Cooper Cup was out yesterday. Gave a shining moment for Josh Reynolds from AM to step up. He got two touchdowns. Uh, I think he had three grabs for 42 yards. This is another up and coming like weapon for them. They got to see him play a little bit. Well, he was around last year. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, with Cup's performance this year, he just kind of slid to the back end. But yeah. Cup will be back. San Antonio week, boy said. stepping up right there. Uh, Rogers had a great game. He's 286 yards, 18 for 30. You know, Adams had a great receiving day, 133 yards. Wait, but what's Aaron Rodgers' road record in the NFL? Ooh. 38 and 37, just above average. How you get that tattooed on your lower back every week? Do you just keep up with this man like that? Just surprised no, I saw a stat yesterday. Tom, Tom Brady <laughs> hate him so much. Tom Brady's like 107 and 30 for a 70 something, seven something win, 700 winning percentage plus. Freaking Rodgers, 38 and 37. Still break. Still the best quarterback ever. <laughs> Just, I'm, sorry, I'm trying. I can't bring him down. He's on that championship high. But yeah, going back to what we were talking about when we first started talking about this game, like Wilson with that, you know, forced fumble on Ty Montgomery of all people to give up that ball under two minutes. Well, they he should never have come out. No, no. And even he had two oh five left in yeah. the game when he took. He should have taken a knee because they only had one timeout yeah. left. He wanted so to be he a hero. A knee, he wanted to be a hero. He wanted to be a hero. And when your coach doesn't stand behind you and says in the press conference, I told him to stay in the end zone, you know, it, he was just trying to be that hero right yeah. there and make, make a name for himself. Might, he might be expecting in, inactive next weekend. <laughs> a little bit. 
but they remain undefeated, so uh, the talk still continues around this team. It's when will they lose? Well, uh, does that bleed us right into next week's picks? It could be. Well, hold on. Before, before we get to that, I wanted uh, to pick your brain a little bit, Johnny, before we start picking games. Um, we'll do a little segment called Pretenders or Contenders. Uh, we'll start with uh, we'll start with my boys, the Steelers, on the rise, uh, top of uh, AFC North. At like the, Super Bowl the, contenders or moment. playoff contenders? Oh, um, not quite. I, I want you playoff. Definitely playoff. Who can do well in the playoffs? AFC not necessarily. Championship game contenders, like top four. Sure. All sure. right. Sure. Pretenders or contenders? Now you're not picking anything, just like, and we still. What's your take on the Steelers? Yeah, we're only we're only half pretenders. pretenders. Well, they'll make the playoffs, but they're not going to make the AFC Championship game because the Chiefs and the Patriots are going to be there. You didn't want to hear that. Yeah. I hate it. I I hate it even more that I kind of agree with them. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Jacksonville. Jacks. Well, fuck. This is tells us our answer for this too. Jacksonville Jaguars. True pretenders. True pretenders. What happened in that team? I don't know. And then they're getting arrested in London for not paying their bill at the restaurant. Wait, what? You guys didn't hear about this? The four no. guys on defense, yeah. they had racked up a 50... I, I don't know the conversion rate. I'm sorry. I, I don't know right. that. But there was 50000 of the dollars over there at a restaurant. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. 50,000 euros. Yeah. Plus. Pounds. Pounds. Pounds or euros or whatever. <laughs> That's how much No, no, Brexit. Was. It's pounds. <laughs> okay, so... And they they tried to walk out. They walk out of the restaurant. And the security guy there. I guess there was a security guard there, and he stopped them. And they all got arrested. Four no, guys no, on defense. One, no, nobody. One of them, I think, was Talvin Smith, the starter. Nobody. Nobody had the Gary like Church. the like presence of mind to be like, "Oh shit, we forgot." Well, here's my card. No, they were being they were being dicks. They were being like t- total dicks the whole time. Like wow. you know, you know, t- typical Jacksonville Jaguar like talky and trash talky like. We're a fucking the shit type shit, you know. Which <laughs> <laughs> really not paid off for them this year. Not paid off. The right. And then they go and they lose the next morning to the Eagles. That was like that was a desperation game for both teams. And, you know, the Eagles have more intestinal fortitude than the Jaguars do. Um, yeah, talking about that game yesterday, talking about contender or pretender as well. Saints, Vikings, out of those two. Well, Saints are contenders. Yeah. Vikings. I, if we're doing if we're doing a final four, yeah, I, I like the Vikings. I think they're going to make the playoffs, but yeah. their pretenders is they're, they're not going to make the NFC championship. Do they win that division? The, the Vikings. Well, the Packers sure as shit don't. Uh, the Bears, okay, that that Packers, it takes crazy pre- pretenders <laughs> right out there. Next one is off. Um, <laughs> the Bears aren't ready enough. Aren't you know ready for prime time yet? We've talked about this. overrated the quarterback. Well, they're a little too young. Yeah. A little bit overrated quarterback. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're on the rise, so maybe next year's the year. Still more to learn. And well. the Lions are a sinking ship real fast. So bad. So, yes, the Vikings win the division. All right, All right. so I guess uh, I'm going to cross off the Bears, too, pretenders. Uh, the Skins. So this leads me to the Vegas game next week when I was looking at the Lions. So it's Atlanta at Washington. Now you think it's Atlanta at Washington. Atlanta's three and four. Washington's five and two. At Washington. Mm-hmm. What would you guys guess is the spread in that game? At least mm-hmm. minus three Washington, right? Right. No. It's even. So that tells me Atlanta's gonna win that game. Yeah. So that tells me Washington's a pretender. Okay. Right. And the uh, the last one, the Bengals. Oh, Marvin Lewis. Is Mr. Pretender. <laughs> <laughs> one of the original pretenders. <laughs> he is one of the original. They are the like one o'clock champions. They play so well at one o'clock in their one o'clock window games. But you put them on a four o'clock, eight o'clock, Monday night football, they're like fold up like a cheap suit. Right. Well we know the answer for the Rams. That's an easy one. Oh yeah, I can't um, so we're on the literal countdown. We're at what, twenty 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 one more days for the Chiefs Rams showdown. Yeah. Can't wait. That's gonna that. be awesome. That's gonna be fun. That's gonna be a great game. Yep. Wow. So they they have the the Rams got a tough schedule coming up. They got the Saints yep. next week at Saints. Yep. Yeah. Oh, what do they have after that? Oh, we were I looking at, at last week. Seattle after that maybe. So that should that should be a layup for them. 
for no, Seattle? No, Seattle at the Rams after that. Yeah. Uh, you got to watch Seattle, though. They trounced all over the Lions. I know it was the Lions. The division games can always be yeah, tough. always be different. Uh, one last thing I was going to ask you out of the AFC is the Texans. Leading that division. Well, they're pretenders as far as they won't make the AFC Championship game. Right. They're contenders as far as they're, they're going to make the playoffs, I think. I think they're going to get better, too. Because Watson... I think they get stronger and better. got better. The Fuller loss with 20 ACLs of Fuller. That's, fucking that's, hurts, man. That hurts bad. Because having that Hopkins-Fuller combo with Lamar Miller, it opens up Lamar Miller. It gives, Lamar Miller's it, it been just, having just a great season. It opens up so much like, more offensively. And if the defense could keep getting better, which it was, then it just it really does a lot for that team. So that Fuller injury hurts a lot. Maybe the Cowboys can just trade Amari Cooper for two first-round draft picks over to them. <laughs> I, I want that first-round draft pick back. But they've won five in a row. So, I mean, they're looking I, good. I'll tell you who else is I on love the rise. Deshaun Watson, too. The Colts are sneaky on the rise, too. They really yeah. are. Their defense has gotten better. Their offensive line is, is legit now good. It, so, watch out for the Colts. Probably not. And that's with... They're uh, improving, but next year, watch out for the Colts. Right. All right. Nice. All right, Johnny, just enough time tonight for your uh, locks of the week. Well, I don't have any locks of the week, but we can just run down the games real quick. So let's go Thursday night. We have the uh, the Bay Bay rivalry. We get Oakland and San Francisco. San Francisco is minus three. Um, these two teams, absolute two towns and two cities, absolutely hate each other. So this is going to be kind of a wild game to watch. You'll see fights and stabbings in the stands in the parking lot. <laughs> likely. <clears throat> so that's why you watch Thursday night football, and for nothing else than the shitty football. Right. So you got San Francisco minus three. I'd probably go Oakland there. And then you got Chicago Bears at Buffalo. I think that this this is a game that the Bears can pull out on the road. This is a, a good game for the Bears to kind of grow up if Khalil Mack plays. That's why there's no line available right now because Mack is questionable. Kansas City is at Cleveland. Chiefs are minus 9.5. Uh, Cleveland is a freaking mess right now. Kansas City is going to go in there and whoop their ass, so I would take KC. Minus the 9.5. Jets are at Miami. Miami is minus 3. Jets seem to be headed the wrong direction. Not like Miami is any better right now, but... Uh, Miami's always tough to play, especially in the heat of September, October, early November games. So I'm going to go Miami there, um, minus three. Detroit at Minnesota. Detroit, like I said, headed in the wrong direction. Minnesota just had a tough loss. It was, they were win. set up. They need to win. That, they were set up for that loss because it was a revenge game for the Saints last night and from that playoff game. Yeah. So you knew that the Saints were going to go in there with revenge on their mind, and that's why I really liked the Saints last night. Um, so I think Minnesota bounces back. They're minus five at home against Detroit. Uh, so I would go Minnesota, minus five. Um, Atlanta at Washington. We talked about that one. How it's an even spread. Um, that you know normally in this situation you take the home team Washington, but that spread is a big tip off for me. So I would take Atlanta on that one. Uh, Tampa Bay at Carolina. We get Fitzmagic is back, but Carolina is really tough at home. Uh, we saw what they just did to a good Baltimore defense at home. So. I would go Carolina, lay the 7.5. Um, I'll defer this one to Ernesto. Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Baltimore's minus 2.5. I mean, my heart wants, wants to go um, go with the Steelers there, but, uh, you know, I think um, Baltimore's going to be looking for revenge. It's, it's a bounce-back spot. It's at Baltimore. I mean, if... It's a whole different ballgame. These two teams play. They really, they really gotta, they uh, they gotta get themselves back into it somehow. If they can beat the Steelers here, kind of, we you got a little round robin going at the top of the AFC North. So, um, <clears throat> it's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be an interesting game. It's a tough one. I mean, I, I would never recommend betting on a Pittsburgh Baltimore game. To be honest with you, the line is almost always three. Right. So. Yeah, if I was forced to choose, I would take Baltimore. Yeah, I I don't want to say it out loud. No, I get it. <laughs> um, Houston at Denver. This is a tricky one for me because Denver's minus two and a half. Ideally, I would think that this is a spot where you Houston's on a roll, winning five in a row, and you would think that Denver's heading the wrong direction. So you would think that Houston would be the play here, but the spread tells me otherwise. So I'm going to take Denver minus two and a half against Houston. Tough, tough place to play. I, that's mean, right. You know, and, and t- yeah. yeah. But, you know, Watson could be an X factor on that one. Weather, so I don't could, be, feel weather strongly, could be an X factor as well. But that's one of those, the spread kind of tells you what's going to happen here. Yeah. Here's another one where the spread's interesting. L.A. Chargers 5-2 and two going to Seattle to play the 4-3 and three Seahawks. 
Um, this is one you'd say, well, the Chargers are a better team, right? But why is the spread even? Well, Seattle is also a tough place to play, so go with the home team. Loudest stadium in the NFL. Yeah, go with the home team there. That's not Arrowhead anymore? No, I, be- I believe. No, CenturyLink. CenturyLink? Seattle? Yeah. Oh, whoa, the toughest place to play? Seattle's been the toughest place for a while now. Yeah, one of the loudest. Yeah, they get the 12th man up there. And then the game of the week, well, maybe one of the two games of the week next week, is the 425 window. You have the Rams, 8-0, at the 6-1 and Saints. It's an even line. Your guess is as good as mine. I, I just think the Rams are a better team. Yep. I, 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 I would feel like they should be favored in this game. So, right now, I'm going I'm to take New Orleans right now. Yeah. Yeah, right. because I just, feel like the Rams should be favored. On the, just based on the fact that the Rams should be minus Vegas, three. Vegas knows best. Yeah, he's kicking our ass in the league. We have a yeah. league where we pick all the spreads and the games each week. So. Actually, I'm writing all this shit. <laughs> I need, I, I need uh, fucking comeback or like something. <laughs> oh, if you guys have the same picks because coming week, I'm gonna <laughs> kick you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so then the next game, the Sunday night game, which I can't wait to. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one big time. And it's being billed as the uh, MJ's got the commercial on ESPN. As the, we'll find out who the greatest quarterback is, yeah, Aaron yeah. Rodgers against Brady. I think that's already been settled time and time again. But anyway, you've got Green Bay Rogers. three, three and one at the New England Patriots <laughs> five and two. The Patriots are minus seven in this game. I have a tough time with the Patriot games, but hard to give Aaron Rodgers seven points. Yeah, hard to not take the seven points with Aaron Rodgers. So, forced to choose here. I'm going to take Green Bay. Get yeah, it was seven. six and a half. I'd bite on that, but seven's tough. You, yeah. yeah. On Sunday Night Football? Yeah, you got to take yeah. the points there. Just like just like you had to take the points yesterday, Rodgers against the Rams, It was uh, they were getting nine. Right. Like, you know, Rodgers were going to show up for that one and keep it at least close, and they should have won. Or, or, you know, at least they had a chance to win. So, I feel like Rodgers can keep this a close close game, so I'd go Green Bay plus seven here. And then there's no line on your game, the Monday night game, Tennessee three and four at Dallas three and four. Coming off the bye, giving us time to work with Amari Cooper. I feel good about being at home. We we played really well against the Jags a couple weeks ago at home. But like we argue like which team is gonna show up, what game plan are they gonna have, meaning the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they can plug Amari in and keep some of that honest and you get Beasley moving around through the middle. It's going to open things up for Dak. Titans are struggling right now. They're banged up. Uh, so I feel good about the Cowboys, and that's hard for me to say. So keep uh, a little disclaimer. Keep in mind, guys, um, these are 100% accurate locks. You want to go ahead and <laughs> bet, bet your entire life savings uh, on every single one of these picks. You can oh, take them to God. the bank. And all complaints can be filed at at Green Mountain Grinder. Uh, so, all right, oh, guys. Yeah. I stand by my picks. I really do. I do stand by my picks. I mean, clearly, you're never going to get them all right. What percentile are you in in our league right now? 98. 98. Yeah. yeah. Suck. I'm still going to beat you this year, though. I don't know. It's my <laughs> being in this being in this league is is my uh, my yearly one hundred dollar gift to Johnny. So. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not. You ain't getting shit for your birthday. That's so. fine. To be fair, this is the second season we've done this, and we split that third season. last year. Third season. Third season. <laughs> you get, yeah. You, you had a nice year. comeback last year. Yeah. I felt the pressure. <sighs> yeah. Felt good. I had a big. I had a big lead, and I choked it away. Yeah. <laughs> you got. You got too cute at the end. You I just did, get a little yeah. tight. I, I got tight. <laughs> yeah. I saw you coming every week, and I'm like, oh, it's making me pick the games wrong, and I was. <laughs> I just went with this crazy scheme to pick the prettiest colors, and that's the team that was going to win it. It worked out for me. No, I'm just kidding. Dude, pick, you picked the boys with the nicest butts. Please right. <laughs> don't tell me that. No. I was talking to my wife every week. I'm like, mine's getting closer. I'm starting to get stressed out here. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, hope you enjoyed um, today's podcast. Uh, you can find us on Podbean, which you know because you're on it right now listening to us. But you can also find us at Green Mountain Grinder on Twitter. All right. Also on Facebook page, we have the Green Mountain Sports Roundup as well. That uh, hopefully by the end of this week, we'll link you to the Instagram page as well. And you can find me, uh, Nasty Nesto No A. That's N S T Y Nesto uh, on Twitter. Yep. 
So thanks oh, a lot, Oh, I forgot guys. I did the Twitter account. Give us like some feedback. Green Mountain Marty, capital M on Marty, 75. Feel free Twitter's to give out. us critical feedback. The only way we get better is getting critical feedback and you know, learning what you guys want to hear, what you don't want to hear. So please feel free to hit us up with your likes and dislikes. All right. Make sure to give us a follow on Podbean and keep downloading the episodes. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you next time.